And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. It is time to talk matters money. And the best guy we know to do that is Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Luke, a very good afternoon to you. Mate, how you doing? All right, you good? Very good indeed. You're saying pretty warm out there this afternoon? Ooh, she's toasty, I tell you. It's not bad to be, actually. It's nice the studio's actually cool for once, because normally in here is as hot as outside, so it's a, yes, we, it's a nice contrast. Yes, we, we, they've done something with it. They've been able to uh, <laughs> just do a few magical adjustments, but uh, compared to where we were 12 or 18 months ago, this oh, is this is this heaven. Is this cupcakes is... and rainbows, isn't it? Absolutely. Sure now, is. this is something, when I, and I occasionally see this advertised, and mm-hmm. this probably won't surprise you, Luke, most often I see it when I go onto YouTube because I do not have YouTube Premium. I refuse mm-hmm. to buy YouTube Premium. Right. So the ads keep coming up. Yep. And oftentimes one of the first ads that comes up on nearly anything I click, maybe they know more about me than I think they do, mm-hmm. um, currency hedging. Mm. Um, immediately I get incredibly nervous. Nah, not going to happen. But let's talk about currency hedging today because it may be a real possibility for people. Yeah, look, it's one of those things that, is 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 something people don't need to get their undies in a bunch over and we've seen the dollar change in value over the last six to ten months and what people need to keep in mind is within their superannuation funds they'll see assets or things that they could purchase that says an investment is hedged or unhedged and today we're really just going to touch on the basic sort of concepts of hedging and and all that really is if people think about what they would do with their home loan rates it's it's a similar philosophy so if we if we use the analogy of a home loan and if we think rates are going to go up we fix part of our home loan so that we have control over the amount that we will pay in that same example if you had a variable home loan you could call that unhedged and you get whatever the rate is over the time that you own the home and you maintain that loan. And hedging is a very similar concept in relation to the exposure to the portfolio and assets that you hold that are impacted by the value of our currency against different places around the world. So that's the simplest way I can think of to try and give people an analogy because you can get all wrapped up in the complexities of this but ultimately it's just a way to provide an element of protection against a change in currency that could work against you within your superannuation portfolio or any other structure that you hold assets that could be hedged. And it's interesting if people would be looking for that sort of certainty loop because you've got COVID for starters, mm. um, the economy wasn't exactly bouncing around around the world in, in uh, uh, great ways in some countries. It was yep. booming in some, not in others. Yep. Uh, recovering situation here, but not necessarily overseas. Yep. So if they're looking at the currency market, let's go to some specifics. So yep. in terms of currency, what is hedging and how? why would someone use it in their portfolio? So again, just the, the important thing here is that we're not trying to make money on the currency. You know, currency traders do that. And as they will attest, it is an extremely complicated thing to do. Mm. And it's something that people need to keep in mind that we can see large changes in value where we saw, you know, 2011, 2012, the dollar went to a dollar five against the US dollar. It was great. So we, were over, we were in America. We could go, time. yeah. So was <laughs> I. We could go over and, and, and have a really cheap holiday. And that's, that's an example of where the currency is helping us because we're buying things in the currency that we are in at the time. Okay. Now, if you see what happened after that, we then saw the dollar go from parity at, say, one for one. We saw it fall all the way down to, you know, 60, 65 cents. 
Now, where we have unhedged assets, we're making money because if we think about the rate of return that we receive, we've got one US dollar getting bought for 65 Australian cents. So we're increasing the rate of return that we're getting when we bring money back to Australia in that example. The contrary to that, where we've seen over the last 12 months, the dollar go from 63, 64, sneak up to around 70, 75. That is costing us. We are losing money in Australian dollar terms because the currency is getting stronger. Mm. So it's costing more Australian dollars to bring the investment return back into our own currency. So hedging is a way of saying if you believe that the US dollar will continue to get weaker, then you would say, I want to know that my return will be at 70 cents, for example. And if the currency goes to 80 cents, obviously you're in front, just like you would be if you said, I can get a home loan at the moment at 2%, but I'm going to be paying more at 3%. That is exactly what we're talking about doing, but we're just going to use the currency as a substitute for interest rates. And it's just about protecting the value of your return in certain sectors because you don't necessarily do it for everything. Okay. Now, what should people consider about when they're thinking about moving into hedging? Yeah, so some of the key things people can think about is obviously where they're going to do it and, and what's available in their super fund. A good example of this would be where you'll have an investment portfolio list within each respective super fund that will say, here's a list of all of the things that you can go and buy in any relevant sector. And what people can look for when they're looking at the investment menu of their fund is a hedged or unhedged version. And that would be written into the name of the product. So for example, if they were going to buy the Magellan Global Fund hedged, you know that Magellan, as the provider of that investment opportunity, they're taking care of the currency protection for you as part of what they do for the fee that they charge. Now, you also have the ability to buy the same underlying investments without any hedging being applied as well. So people can think about what they want to do and how they feel about the currency going forwards and also then consider, well, how much of my international exposure, for example, do I want hedged? They may not want to go 100% hedge where everything's in that side of the, of, of the portfolio. They may want to say, I'll have half and half. And again, if you like, for the use of a better term, hedge the hedge mm -hmm. and have a foot in each camp, just like with your home loan. If you said, well, I owe... $400,000 on my home loan, I'll fix $200,000 so I've got the comfort of knowing that I'm not going to pay any more. And then if rates go up and down on that 200000 I can handle any sort of change there, but you're not committed in totality one way or the other. So it's just about thinking about your broader objective and then what you think the theme will be in relation to the dollar going forwards. I've been thinking as you've been speaking to Luke about something I did Towards the end of my time in the public service, I had a, an, old, an old super fund that I was in, and I now realise what I did towards the end when we had the global financial crisis and we start getting exposed to massive drops on a monthly basis mm. on our returns, I did what in effect was a hedge because mm. there was the opportunity for me, and I did this from late 2008 till the time I left the service about three or four years later and when I retired, basically took what was known as the cash option. Mm. And I, uh, getting two to two and a half percent or whatever the cash rate was, so there yep. was a steady increase instead of this yep. very pretty looking diagram that was going up and down and yeah. up and down and up, and it literally was for about two years. Looks like an ECG. Yeah, well, that's exactly what it was. And people, <laughs> and there were people there that, that took the punt, 
Yeah. And some got, some were okay and some weren't. And I just, with yeah. my wife and I, just kind of sit and said, "Let's play safe." And we yeah. did. So and look, it, less it, risk, but more certainty. Yeah, and and that's where people need to make those sorts of decisions because things like you know your your risk tolerance will come into play. Your exposure to international sectors, for example, um, you generally find that property and infrastructure are hedged because those two sectors don't do a lot of exporting. If you think about the the ASX as a, as a broader index, thirty to forty percent of the companies on the Australian stock market generate their money selling something offshore. So they've got an exposure to a change in currency. So individual companies will hedge uh, their currency exposures because they want to have a greater degree of control over their revenue and people can have that same option with their portfolio. It's not a case of is it right or is it wrong? Just like you said there in your example, if I'm more risk averse and I want to take some risk off the table, the two things that are always being exposed to a portfolio are the equity risk or the value of the underlying investments and then the currency risk that's associated with a large portion of the portfolio because not everything that you put into a diversified portfolio is domestic. So they're the two risks that people have and generally you find that uh, international can be hedged fully, partially or, or not at all depending on whether we're at dollar for dollar with the US or if we're at 50 cents. Um, there's been times in history where you know there have been significant highs and lows where you may have a greater exposure to one option over the other, but generally speaking, most people will run a portfolio with, say, 50-50 hedging, just like 50% fixed and 50% variable on a home loan. So it's very much about each individual person's perception of what could happen and how far they want to go to be able to control things because currency can be extremely volatile and, and, and something that you know is, is very active um, but it's not something that people need to worry about changing the hedging on their portfolio in the vast majority of instances because we don't see a move from 60 cents to 90 cents in two weeks. Hmm. It's something that happens over a period of time and it's very much a, a theme-based event. Where hedging can provide you with some protection is where we see markets come off. Generally, the equity market will come off and the currency will come off with it. Um, so where you have a hedged exposure, you can benefit from a positive or negative movement in relation to the value of the portfolio because of those two those two elements of risk are at play. Um, but it's it's not something people need to be, you know, jumping up and down and, and, and worrying about actively. It's it's really not that not well, that vital. Well let's have <clears throat> let's look at the takeouts before we go to the break from the chat we're having with yep. Luke Smith from from Vision Financial. You consider the long-term outlook for the currency, as Lucas said. Yep. Uh, the example you gave on the mortgage, for example, or other investments, hedge partially. So you have the best of both worlds and you've got a foot yep. in both camps. Consider the class of asset you have and how your investments manage currency. So in other words, we talked about how if you're investing in something where the products are being sold overseas, it'll probably be a hedged investment in any case, and the hedging's done for you. Mm-hmm. Or to, And it's all, all about controlling loss not making money such as long term. So it really is a protective strategy. And that's that's exactly right. Hedging is not about trying to find an arbitrage. It's just having that peace of mind to know that the portfolio will move in certain ways at certain times, just like we said with the, with the home loan. If I fix some, I've got the comfort of knowing that if rates go up, I can afford to keep paying my mortgage. And if I want to pay it off quickly, I keep a variable portion of my home loan because I can't pay off something that's fixed. And this is exactly the same. We're just protecting risk to try and limit volatility with the return of your portfolio over the course of 12 months. Uh, so we've got a situation where, let's go back to the 
example of the mortgage. You've got, yep. say, half your mortgage that you decide that um, you'll take the punt on interest rates going up and down, but the other one, you'll hedge, you'll lock in. That's a form of hedging. You'll yeah, exactly in, right. Yep. You know, and presumably it'd be somewhere where your bank or a lender will allow you to do that. But across yep. the board in terms of hedging your, your investment for, portfolio, yep. what are the major steps that people should take here? Well, I think they need to understand their risk profile and look at their, their broader asset allocation. Right. Now, if you're going to ride the lightning and run you know, 40 50% international as part of your broader asset allocation within super, you're maintaining a high allocation to growth assets, which could come with both positive and negative movements depending on the broader economy prior to uh, March and, and, a, and a repricing of assets because of the pandemic, you would have done very, very well. And then you would have seen a lot of that return come off very, very quickly. So it's important that people understand how they feel about risk and invest accordingly. But if you do want to then take it a step further and look and try and take potentially some of the, the potential currency risk out of the portfolio, then currency hedging through hedged investments that you can get through your super fund. And again, it depends on the quality of the super fund that you're in. Some may offer it, some may not, some may do it without you even knowing. Mm. Um, that just comes down to the flexibilities and controls that you want to have as part of your broader investment philosophy and should be checked with the fund because it's not something that everybody offers. Um, but you will find that there will be an element of it across most most general portfolios. Mm. So it's 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 it, that's the situation now. Um, we're going to be speaking to the team at Comsec uh, in the next hour, and I, I had a look before we came on here. The dollar at the moment's batting in around seventy two, seventy two point five. Mm. Um, let's hope it isn't changing too much between now and up past five. Well, and there's there's a really good example. So you know, six eight months ago, we were trading at sixty two, sixty three cents. So yeah. you know, there's there's strength in the Australian dollar. So, so, so we've you've lost value in Australian dollar terms yeah. when you bring your investments from overseas back to, back to our Australia. own currency. So because I, I, I find it puzzling with with the difficulties we're facing. Um, the rest of the world, does that just simply say the rest of the world are doing a lot worse than we have and have done a lot worse because of the pandemic or are the, well, are the other factors in play? Because it surprised me we've been able to stay above 70, 70 cents for much yeah. of this year. Yeah, and look, I think it's more a case of, you know, the US have been printing a lot of money and they've had a fairly weak economy from, from a dollar standpoint and we've seen our currency get stronger and stronger. Um, some other things that we've seen in the past, and we were talking in the ad break, things that have impacted the, the dollar have been a differential between interest rates. So if we go back, you know, many moons ago now, where we were getting, say, 3% in the bank and America was already at 0.5, mm. we saw the dollar be very, very strong over that time period because an example of that would be Bank of America saying, well, I've got a billion dollars here. Where can I get a limited risk and, and a better rate? If I put the money in our own bank, we get 1%. If I bring the money to Australia, we get 3%. So to do so, they have to buy Australian dollars to put the money in our bank. So that is one catalyst for the dollar going up. When we've had really strong resource uh, boom, we, we saw the dollar be very strong because we were exporting a lot of our raw materials and people <coughs> were buying things in Australian dollar terms. So the broader economy can be a driver for positive and negative interest rates. And that's what I mentioned before the ad break about thinking about your view of the world and a broader long-term theme and then considering if hedging is something that you want to just use inside your portfolio to take out some of the risk um, because it, it, it can be good and bad depending on which way you're going. Mm. Um, 
it's 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 not a it's, it's not the end of the world if you don't. But again, some people have an element of risk that they want to take out, and it's it's one of those controllable elements that you can take advantage of. I don't want to make people nervous, but of course, with the, with the situation at the moment, people are bringing money here. But of course, we do have this um, bubbling difficulty with the People's Republic of China at the moment, where they're they're, well, block, they're blocking e- a number exactly. of exports at the moment um, in yep. terms of our raw materials and also even things like wine and that and uh, other other products. So, you know, the geopolitical thing is going to is going to so there'll be some tug there and nip elsewhere. So, yeah. and you'll uh, you'll see that the different you know people that export you know currency is a big concern for them because obviously a lot of their revenue is tied to the value of our mm. currency. So whether it's the US dollar, the Japanese yen. You know the Chinese currency, European currencies. Depending on who you're trading with, you're always going to be across. How is that going to affect the likelihood and the consistency of my returns? And and hedging is a good way to try and protect that on the both the downside and and provide some clarity on the upside as well. And I suppose just let's just stress this once again. You're not saying go all or nothing. It's a case of coming to someone like you and saying, okay, for a particular circumstance, you can't go across the board here. Uh, for someone to say, right. What can we do here? We'll we'll do this in a particular yeah. cherry-picked it's, fashion. It's very much a case-by-case. Case. Everybody has a different perception of risk. Everybody has a different underlying asset allocation. Everybody has different time frames, as you mentioned with your example before the ad break. You know, if you're talking over a 10- or 15-year period, you may be disinclined to be worried about it. If you're talking the next two or three years and it could have a material impact on your portfolio, then may, you may have a heightened interest in something like this. So it's very much like most things, a case-by-case case and understanding the pros and cons of doing it and then making an informed decision so that you can yeah. get the outcome you're after. Now, compared to now, of course, interest rates were a lot higher, but they were starting to fall in that period. Mm-hmm. So there was a decision we still had to make in the context of that era Correct. to say – Will we take a punt on, on it coming good? And for some people, they did well. But we just thought I had two or th- two to three years left in full-time employment. Yep. We took we took the safe option. That worked for me. It mightn't work for others. Now, yep. before we go, Correct. let's get people in touch with you. What's the best yep. way they can get more information? So they can, they can ring the office, 6260-4749. Obviously, we've got the website, envisionfinancial.com.au, where we've got a, a library of, of free material there that people can subscribe to. We've got this, the podcast the strategy stacker Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify and we've got the YouTube channel where we film the shows and have all the key takeouts so you can pause it, watch it and just summarise it on your iPhone. So that's Envision Financial Canberra. You can subscribe to that and get the show every week and all of the other material that we upload there as well. So, Of course, if you do use the YouTube facility, as I'm constantly reminded on everyone I watch, like and subscribe. There you go, and like you, and subscribe. You get the notifications. And then that's it. You pick up when we've got a new show up there and um, you can pause that and, and take some notes and you don't have to worry about about watching the telly. And, of course, uh, for the good old-fashioned basic website, it is Envision Financial, all one word, envisionfinancial.com.au. Luke's number is 62604749 during business hours. That is all we have time for today. Luke, thank you very much indeed. You have made me far less nervous about the, wor- the way of the world <laughs> with uh, the, with what the world's doing and uh, a little more confident as we move forward. Beautiful. Have a, ter- have a terrific weekend. You I hope too, you, mate. I hope you can uh, yeah, just stay out of that sun. Mate, yeah. stay inside. It's good for you.